Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Cuz, the podcast where two cousins talk about things they love. Just Cuz. So, today, we're going to be talking about something very interesting. Something that's been covered by lots and lots of people. Sarah Zed, for one, mm -hmm. has done um, incredible videos about it. But, you know, we're going to take a slightly different angle, slightly different view today. And we are going to talk about... I've been calling it in my head the progression of fandom, how fandoms progress, right? So right now there are, there are some shows, we've talked about them all, I believe, on the channel that are very good and have amassed big online followings. Those shows that I'm referring to are Good Omens, Our Flag Means Death, and What We Do in the Shadows. Those are three shows that are being called, in the common nomenclature, the new Super Hulak online. <laughs> and, Max, do you know what Super Hulak is? Vaguely, because you have talked to me about this, and like you mentioned, Sarah Zed, other YouTubers have covered things like this, and I've watched all of those videos. But I still don't know much about it, other than... A combination of a whole bunch of different fandoms, like Doctor Who, Sherlock, uh, I, I, it mainly comes to mind Stephen Moffat stuff, but there is one name, fictional name, that I know a whole lot about, and by that I mean I know nothing, because there's, there's, there's so much to know, and that is this fictional character, John Locke. That's all I really know. <laughs> that is not a character, okay? <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get to that. That's not a character. That's a ship name between oh, Sherlock and, the... and John Watson. <laughs> oh, wait, who's... Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but who's the Michael Fassbender character? I thought that that was his name. Michael Fassbender character? No, that's... He's Michael Fassbender from X-Men? Yeah, they're... Okay, so... <laughs> This is what I know about this fandom. There is part of the John Locke ship, which I've been clarified is the name of the ship, not the character. <laughs> but part of that ship is that uh, Moriarty has a John Wat Watson character with him. And that guy is played by Michael Fassbender and, he and their ship together, too. Oh... I've never heard about that, um, but if you've seen Sherlock, have you seen Sherlock? Yeah, well, yeah. I haven't seen the end of it because okay, it kind of peters like, out, but... No, there's no there's no Michael Fassbender in Sherlock no, that was as full... far as I can remember. It, because what I know about this fandom is that they wrote in a fandom character to make all of it make sense, be, like give it reason to why this show wasn't as good as it used to be. At least that was my understanding of this. Okay, okay. I I see what you're, like, going toward. I've never heard that theory before, which <laughs> is very interesting. Um, but um, <laughs> let's take a step back for a second. Yes. <laughs> what we are talking about, okay, um, is the cultural phenomenon known as Super Hulak. Which is, if you don't know, it took place mostly on Tumblr in the year of our Lord, 2012 to 2014. Those were the big <laughs> years for it. Those were the big Tumblr years in general, but those were the super Hulak years. Um, 
And, and so it, if you don't know what Tumblr is, it's just a we can't nerdy help you. Then we subculture can't help you. <laughs> where nerds can talk. It, that's what it is. If you don't know what Tumblr is, there's no hope for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Why are you listening? <laughs> um. So the Super Hulak is a combination fandom name of three shows. It is uh, Supernatural, Sherlock, and Doctor Who, which Max already mentioned. <laughs> um. When I first heard of that, I thought that it was a crossover thing, that people were trying to get them to cross over. And there were a bunch of, like, weird fan-made crossover videos done. But that <laughs> is not what Super Hulak actually was. And I want to put this out here at the top. I have never seen Supernatural. You've seen Supernatural, right? I've seen quite a lot of Supernatural. Yes. I've never seen Supernatural. I don't watch it. I wasn't a part of that fandom. But I did get unnecessarily obsessed with it during the <laughs> 2020 presidential election. But let's not get into that. That's a whole other story. <laughs> um, was that when it was wrapping up? Yeah, that was at the end. Okay. That was when, yeah, that yeah. Was when the... The the hell episode <laughs> yeah aired, i i, I dropped off a supernatural like season 10 around the time that it was like it was it was the monster of all monsters and it was i was tired of sam or dean dying at the end of a season and then the next season starting and they come back and they're like why didn't you come and save me what the right. hell and that happened like three times yeah but i heard they supernatural is good all I know is the is the Destiel stuff. All I know is the Super Hell stuff, which we will get into. Um, yes. But the idea of Super Hulak was that the people who were fans of, who were avid fans of Doctor Who and Sherlock and Supernatural um, were... It was like a common people like they were mm -hmm. if you were a fan of one you were most likely a fan of at least one of the others or all of them which is true for the two of us uh <laughs> but and i also feel like it was the kind of thing where if you were obsessed with this show and you liked the nerdy subculture and you saw that this other show had something similar you would just go to that because you assumed it was something that you would like and more often than not, it was something that you liked. Right. These three shows were so not similar in tone or themes, but just in subject material. Yeah, and they were similar. I wouldn't say subject material, actually, but I would say <laughs> well, that I was they're say, similar. Two have sci-fi horror elements, but one doesn't have that. So yeah, no. that doesn't really hold up. I think it's it's just general vibes, and it was mostly it was it was a big thing in queer spaces online and it was a big thing with queer people online um or women who enjoyed queer relationships which is <laughs> a can of worms that we're not gonna and even talk about but <laughs> not um, necessarily if these shows even had those relationships oh no because they, they don't didn't. because they didn't that's what <laughs> i was just about to say not that these shows were uh queer because they weren't they objectively mm. were not queer but the thing that at least two out of the three were <laughs> very known for was queer baiting um which is if you don't know what queer baiting is <laughs> i'm gonna 
say the definition right now, uh, the one that I know off the top of my head, <laughs> which is a piece of media or something that has media backing behind it that is advertising to queer people as something that has rep uh, representation when it objectively doesn't. So things that are known for, for queer baiting, you know, trying to get people to believe that they have queer elements in their property to get more viewership, right? To get, yeah, to get just money. Just to get that part of the pie of the whole population. It's a marketing technique and it is not a good one. And it is no. uh, very, very controversial. And, and it never works out Actually, either. no, it's not controversial. It's just bad. I'm going to say <laughs> that. It's just bad. Don't do that. But stuff that is really, really known for it is Teen Wolf, Supernatural, and Sherlock. Those are, are the three that I can, that are the most prevalent. There's lots mm -hmm. more. And Doctor Who fits into this because it wasn't really, uh, it wasn't really queer baby, but the doctor themselves is an alien who doesn't have a defined sexuality. And so people were, people in fandom spaces and online were putting queer identities onto the doctor, which is valid, mm -hmm. honestly. As we've seen since then. I don't know if you've seen recent Doctor Who, but it's valid. Have they, has recent Doctor Who come out yet? I was waiting for that. No, not the new ones. Not with David okay. Tennant. Not, not the new ones. No, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Peter Capaldi and Jody and all of them. But <laughs> I was about to go on a whole Doctor Who rant, but no, we don't <laughs> have time for that. Um, we'll, we'll have a Doctor Who episode when those episodes come out. Right. Because I am excited for those. But basically, Super Hulak was a time in fandom history when people from different fandoms would like bridge the divide and they would, ugh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It was a time of connectivity, I guess. It was weird. It was really weird. And like I said, I wasn't a fan of Supernatural, so I wasn't super, super in-depth in the Super Hulak phenomenon right. uh but i did know about it because i was a fan of both sherlock and doctor who during that time period and most notably these shows did not have at that time did not have any real queer representation or visibility it was all fandom generated that mm. is that's the important takeaway from the super hulak phenomenon and jumping forward to now the three shows that i mentioned at the top Good Omens, What We Do in the Shadows, and Our Flag Means Death are three current shows that have a lot of the same audience, that have generated mm. a lot of similar fandom ideas. And the people who are in those fandoms are now calling these three shows online, quote unquote, the new Super Hulak. It really feels like, and this isn't the case at all, because the creators of the three modern day Super Who Luck, like the, they're well known, but it feels like the fans of the old Super Who Luck taking the reins and taking control and be like, no, we're actually going to do this right. Well, I don't even know how I feel about it because it doesn't make sense to me why <laughs> people are saying it's the new Super Who Luck. I get it. It's three shows with very similar audiences. If you enjoy one, you're going to enjoy the rest of them. But like I said before, the quintessential factor of Super Hulak was 
queer speculation and queer baiting and not having queer representation. And those three, these three new shows, they all have extreme levels of queer representation <laughs> of them. They are objectively queer shows and they are not, it's not the same kind of f uh, phenomenon as Super Hulak, you know? So it could, because the show is basically boiled down to gay angels, gay vampires, and gay pirates. And <laughs> that's just what it is. And right from the onset of those shows, maybe not as much good omens if you're not reading in between the lines, but like, it, it's, it's obvious <laughs> in all three of them that just like, oh yeah, these people are going to get together. And they do. Like, they deliver on that. Well, it doesn't even matter if they get together. It's just the the queer representation. They don't need to be, you know, a couple to be queer. Mm. And, like, that's what is really interesting, especially about, like, what we do in The Shadows. That show is extensively <laughs> queer. And, you know, I don't have... I don't know... <laughs> at all what is going to happen with you know nandor and guillermo i don't even i don't even think they should be together or whatever oh, i don't know and i i should clarify i'm not up to date on what we do in the shadows or our flag means death you're not oh i'm not i can't talk in context of a lot of the spoilers with the modern stuff with them but i do know of all of the characters and you know mm -hmm. of them it's okay. It, you don't need to know because this was happening, this like fandom progression, I guess, this renaming of uh, Super Hulak was happening before these new seasons came out. They were, mm -hmm. um, it happened right after Our Flag Means Death season one aired, I believe. Um, and it's just really interesting because... It's really interesting to look at the way that the TV landscape has progressed since, what did I say, 2014? Mm -hmm. Because right now, the big draw for queer audiences is not three shows starring a bunch of white men who are <laughs> cis and straight as far as we know, and who would never be caught dead kissing another mm. man no the but maybe they might be yeah like in the marketing or whatever <laughs> but the the draw right now is actual queer shows actually starring queer characters and starring and most of them are people of color and or or women there's lots of queer women in mm -hmm. the new season of uh, our flag means death and in what we do in the shadows and in good omens <laughs> yeah i forgot about that. i was like what <laughs> i was like the only two characters in good omens are aziraphel and crowley in my mind no there's <laughs> other characters and they're queer women and that's great yeah. it's just more interesting to see more people different stories <laughs> i don't know i don't understand people who are against representation of any kind it doesn't make sense to me and my big issue and i don't know why we're on the tangent of on representation but why no, would people care to this discussion <laughs> yeah why would people care about more representation when at the end of the day they're still gonna get a 
a bunch, probably like one a year of just a movie about a superhero white guy. Like it'll still happen. You'll still get that. Why does another black superhero coming out? Why does that matter? I've never understood that. People are dumb. People don't think. That's what people are afraid of. That's what white supremacists are afraid of. They're yeah. afraid of. Uh, what do they call it? Like, I don't even. I don't even know the term. But of the oh the like the replacement. It's the great replacement. That's what it is. They're afraid of the great replacement, which is so stupid. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh. Anyway. We'll we'll wrap this discussion up by just saying it, there's nothing wrong with a kid seeing another minority as a as a hero a as hero, a person to strive to be or a protagonist or or an evil pirate who murders lots of people <laughs> <laughs> yeah all of the above <laughs> back to the new trilogy fandom because i think we should in this episode come up with a name because it can't be new super it's not super, super hulak because it just doesn't it doesn't fit with the the memory of what super hulak was because super hulak was honestly if you think back on it sad and depressing yeah. <laughs> it was a fandom asking the creators like can this happen is this even a possibility it was and the begging. creators yeah just out of the sake of getting butts in seats, the creators were like, maybe, maybe it could just keep on watching. It's because and that's, that's terrible. It's because they want to string along uh, the queer viewers and say, oh, this is going to happen. This might happen. This might happen. Watch and find out. Watch and find out. I hate that. Time. Watch <laughs> and find out. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> and that it's that, but also not wanting to upset the conservative viewership, you know? It's it's the age-old argument, right? How do you get as many viewers as possible? Oh, you cut out the 10-second the gay kiss that was in the last Star Wars and sh ship it off to China. Oh, <laughs> you, you tease Teen Wolf uh, whatever styles and whoever. I didn't watch Teen Wolf. But, you know, that kind of <laughs> market, if you I. ever saw, no, but I, but since I am, you know, I've been online, so I'm a certified uh, queer baiting uh, expert. <laughs> but I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I feel like, I feel like everyone who's ever Googled queer baiting has seen it. It's this video of uh, the, the guys from Teen Wolf whatever they're called the the main ship the, the main teen ship wolves couple. no no they're not wolves <laughs> only one of them's a wolves Wait. one of one of them is uh dylan o'brien that's it one of them is dylan o'brien and the other oh, one is the maze runner yeah <laughs> <laughs> you go that's so funny where our brains are because you're like the maze runner and my brain was like what's that guy's name from the all too well 10 minute short film <laughs> <laughs> You know, my brain also went to, he was the voice of Bumblebee for like five minutes. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they should bring him back. He was great as a voice of Bumblebee. Anyway, there was this video <laughs> of, of Dylan O'Brien and the guy who was, you know, his character's fake boyfriend, whatever, right? They're not <laughs> dating in the actual show, but they are 
they're on a boat and they're all cuddled up, like cuddling on each other. And then they look at, and then they look at the camera and go, oh, didn't see you there. You should vote for Teen Wolf for best, uh, teen, uh, teen choice award for best couple. And then they just like put their legs up on top of each other. And then the video's over and it's But like, you're not a couple. That is, no, that's literally, if there was, if there was a video dictionary, that would be the definition <laughs> of queer baiting in the d video dictionary. That's like oh, absolutely insane. I had no idea about that. That is <laughs> hilarious, but just deeply, deeply evil. Yeah. The ideas behind that. It's super wrong. Like... There's nothing more I can say about that. that. And that's, I don't know if the fact that that is not the draw to queer viewers now, that's not the draw of these shows, right? That's not what they're based on. I don't know if that means that there's been a fundamental change or evolution in television since 2014. I think that it does mean that, but... You know, it's almost, that's almost 10 years ago. So I'd be, obviously things have changed. Lots right. has changed. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I was just thinking and I had the idea of with today's social media and transparency around everything, I don't know if a super hulak would like stand today. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, it absolutely wouldn't. That's why it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that people are dredging up the history of Super Hulak and being like, oh, this is the new Super Hulak because it's three shows with that are <laughs> that have a similar audience with gay people, except Super Hulak didn't have any gay people in it. So I don't know. I think that we're definitely in a much different place. I don't know if it's better or worse. That's what I'm saying. I think it's better in lots of aspects, but... Mm the way that like and everyone was just made aware of a bunch of thing a bunch of this kind of stuff because of like the writers strike and the actors strike which is still going on the sag uh sag after is still on strike union strong everybody should be aware of that because the strike is not over there's also a vfx unionization and the video game industry as i believe going on strike so yeah everyone be strong Unions are important. I guess I should ask the question, is it necessary to give this trifecta of queer shows a name? Because honestly, now that I'm thinking of just the idea in general, there's plenty of other shows. Like when you were talking about shows saying, just wait and find out, just wait and find out. Mm -hmm. The Owl House did that, but that is because they had something planned. Right. They had an actual queer relationship that they wanted to, you know, naturally progress to. Yeah, well, that's not the same thing. If the show is, if the show has a storyline that it's working towards and is saying, mm. watch and see because, uh, because we're getting there, that's <laughs> yeah. way different than saying, is there going to be uh, gay stuff on this show? And people would be like, I don't know. Keep watching. <laughs> Maybe one day. And then at the end of their show, they send their, they have their gay character say, I love you to their other character. And then they have him go immediately to super hell forever <laughs> and ne uh, is never mentioned again. 
See, when shows do that, that's wrong. That's bad. Mm. Yeah, there has to be a clear plan if you're going to say, just watch, Not that wait there and a, see. It, it just, you have to show that with intention. And there there were people who were like, oh, well, shows like She-Ra and, you know, other shows from earlier in the early 2000s did stuff like that too, where they were like, mm. where it could be construed as queer baiting. But that isn't the same thing because those shows were meant to be queer and they couldn't be because of studio intervention. Yeah. That's not the same thing as the creative team objectively marketing to queer people saying you're going to get representation and the creative team never putting an ounce of, not the creative team's marketing, the marketing team, but the creative team not ever putting anything in their shows at all. My mind is just brought to there's some clip of a Comic-Con panel where a fan goes up to the whole like cast and crew and writers of Supernatural and they just directly ask if Castiel and oh, Dean yeah. are going to get together and like the actor for Dean just like probably just out of shock like I, I remember being very very off put by the whole clip but he just dismisses it and yeah. the writers kind of say well maybe we don't know it could mm -hmm. happen and it like that whole thing just hurts and the whole idea of queer baiting without having a clear plan just hurts it's no it's not queer bait because if you have a plan then it's not queer baiting that's just yeah. storytelling <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, no, it absolutely, it, it's absolutely a ridiculous thing to do. And, mm. you know, we're just, we're just two guys talking. We're not like, we haven't researched this stuff. I mean, I've researched it in the past, but for this, we're just, you know, if you want a well-researched video, go watch the Sarah Zed queerbaiting video. It's very good. Or... Um, there are lots of other really good ones on the internet. I'm pretty sure CJDX has one. Mm -hmm. If not, then just go watch all of CJDX's videos because they're amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you learn something by watching them. Always. Otherwise, you'll just have fun. But I don't, I don't know, really. I think I've been referring to the shows in my head in a funny way. I've been referring to them as the Holy Trinity. Tr Holy Trinity. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just because, <laughs> because uh, I know that Aziraphale would love that and Crowley and then all of the vampires in What We Do in the Shadows and all of the pirates in Our Flag Means Death would hate it. And I thought that that was funny. <laughs> that is fantastic. I don't know if it actually caught on, but it was like a year ago or two years ago when Succession, Better Call Saul, and Barry were all coming out, and oh, that yeah. was being called the holy trinity of, like, yeah. prestige shows, and yeah. they wanted those to cross over. Oh, that That is perfect. The holy trinity. Yeah. Well, this is the holy trinity of prestige gay. <laughs> <laughs> the father, the son, and the holy ghost. Which yeah. is which? I, oh, I no, know. I know, I know. Okay, so <laughs> okay. Uh, it goes up is good omens, <laughs> down yes. is what we do in the shadows, and then yeah. uh, pirates. Uh, what we do? Uh, eh, our flag means death. I can't speak. <laughs> Though I started out the first episode of season two of Our Flag Means Death, and that's oh. definitely going ooh, down in a good way because I fucking loved it. 
but whoa, it's crazy. It is crazy. And obviously, there's a big elephant in the room that two of these shows are very similar because two of them were created by Taika Waititi, um, which who we stand. <laughs> um unless I, unless there's something we don't know but i don't know i i lost a lot of faith after Th love and thunder but i still love taika Waititi. love and thunder was it was a miss sometimes you <laughs> have hits sometimes yeah. you have a lot of hits sometimes you have a streak i don't know baseball <laughs> but then sometimes <laughs> you miss <laughs> Sometimes you just swing that bat and it just connects with absolutely nothing but air. Sometimes you get you sometimes you get to bases one, two, three, and then you just you miss the fourth <laughs> base. You run way in the opposite direction. Other uh, baseball metaphors. Other things. <laughs> Jackie Robinson. Okay. <laughs> That's all I know about baseball. Babe Ruth, yeah. there's another one. <laughs> I, I don't I most I know is playing it on Wii Sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wii Sports baseball was fun, but I preferred boxing. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. But I preferred Wii Sports Resort, which... Oh, oh my excellent. God. <laughs> what a fantastic game. Yeah. Fantastic tangent, too, because I, I just love talking about Wii Sports. Yeah, absolutely. I need to go back to that. But my favorite what, what was... Were we... Huh? <laughs> no, we no, we can talk about Wii Sports. I was a little just saying, longer. I love I love the plane. I love flying the plane around the island. <laughs> I'm I trying asked, to remember. I asked oh. my mom a few weeks ago. I was like, "Do you still have our old Wii? Because I kind of want to play Wii Sport Resort." <laughs> she was like, "Absolutely not. No, I don't have the Wii." <laughs> I wonder if those games are on Switch because I got a Switch like specifically to play Mario Kart and super yeah. smash bros i don't think they are because i think it just it was like specifically for the wii because of the motion capture stuff yeah or whatever it was called motion gaming i'll fish out my wii from the dumpster <laughs> then do it <laughs> um but what were we talking about i feel like i think is there people. much else <laughs> well, yeah is there much else to talk about with gay people oh <laughs> no, that's it. That's all gay people have to them. It's those three shows. Nothing yep. else of worth to note. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There is the point of, I want this progression to continue, especially if it's exponential as it seems to be, because we're mm -hmm. just getting a whole lot of representation and crazy shows about pirates who come out as gay, and I love it. Yeah, they don't even need to come out. That's the great thing about these shows. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I You reminded me. <laughs> because these shows are dealing with people who are not bound by societal norms. They're dealing with angels. They're dealing with who've been alive for eternity. They're dealing with vampires <laughs> who've been alive for basically eternity. And they're dealing with pirates who live on the open sea and they're all there because they're all social outcasts and they're not they're not bound by the norms of that time you know mm. you see steeds struggling with that in the first season of our flag means death and in what we do in the shadows you see guillermo come out to his family which is very important to him and it's a very fun episode uh because his whole family tries to kill nadja <laughs> <laughs> so good um 
but <laughs> those are those are the exceptions in the shows everyone else is queer without problem without i don't know the word i was trying to say i need a thesaurus i need to have one with <laughs> me but you know they are not they don't have to come out they don't have to be ashamed of their sexuality i mean aziraphale is ashamed be, but he's ashamed because he loves Crowley, who's a demon, but not... No, no, no. Well, that's not true. He's that's ashamed true. of every slight thing he does. He's so. ashamed of himself. Yeah, he's not ashamed <laughs> yeah. of Crowley at all. I no. take that back. Aziraphale would never <laughs> be ashamed of Crowley. He is ashamed of himself, mm -hmm. which is very evident. <laughs> <laughs> and that is another thing that you kind of brought to my mind is a lot of these characters, like, sure, they're gay and it's fantastic to see that just on a screen so that we can see some sort of other interpretation of life but they're also flawed and it doesn't matter yes. like they're them being flawed and them being gay has nothing to do with each other yeah, and that I mean, in and of itself is so important yeah i mean do you know how freaking tired i am of seeing the gay best friend <laughs> or the perfect gay character like who's mm -hmm. they're gay but they're they're so good at everything and they're just like oh <laughs> like the movie loves simon i'm sorry i love the book simon versus the homo sapiens agenda it's very different from the movie the movie where it's basically a straight passing man <laughs> who is just perfect at everything that he does whatever we're not talking about that but it's just it's so annoying and oh and third the period dramas the period dramas the lesbian period dramas stop it stop it i don't want to watch them i'm tired also the dying of aids that's you know in every gay movie they die of aids or it's a lesbian period drama i don't that's pretty much that was it for a long long time or or they don't die of aids they die from a hate crime right broke all mm -hmm. of broke back mountain right but yeah that that's what it was for so long that's everything that was queer <laughs> uh with qu actual queer people in it everything else was because of you know multiple things because of the Hayes code because of certain you know uh sensibilities because of box office success you know it was all people who were implied to be different <laughs> i'm using air quotes <laughs> uh people who were different people who were not like other girls people who were uh they just know, can't sensitive boys who were sensitive you know <laughs> like fuck that okay mm -hmm. these shows are really really fun because they are full of a bunch of terrible people doing terrible things or good people doing good things <laughs> most of them are terrible people <laughs> because most people are terrible most people, people are terrible and people. It fits. yeah i would i would go so far as to say i'm like i'm pretty sure all of the characters are bad people except for crowley i think crowley's yeah. the good person amongst well, out of everyone that we've, we can in list in these, the Holy Trinity. In all of these yeah. shows. Yeah. Crowley. Crowley is the best person. <laughs> and he questions authority and he rages against the machine. That's important. As we do on this podcast. As one does. 
but yeah they're they're allowed to be flawed they're allowed to be unapologetically queer and they don't have to conform to societal expectation mm. and that is i think really moving in a positive direction it is i think it's a lot aided by the streaming style that all of these shows come out in except what we do in the shadows i think airs on fx maybe i didn't even know because i usually just binge it once a whole season well i i watch it on hulu but Mm, it comes out weekly so i think Mm. it just airs on fx i could be wrong but that's what i think (laughs) and i think the streaming model definitely helps it obviously uh our flag means death and what we do in the shadows are benefited by taika waititi's celebrity and his uh his name attached to them mm. gave them a lot of gave them very good jumping off points. Uh, but and what once we do you're in the in shadow- those shows, those like the style that he brings, it definitely keeps you in. Yeah, but they and obviously he's starring in Our Flag Means Death, uh, <laughs> so it's he's there all the time. Uh, but if you haven't seen Our Flag Means Death, I'll just say Taika Waititi plays Blackbeard. It, that should be enough to make if you If you watch haven't it. seen Our Flag Means Death, what are you doing 42 minutes into this video? <laughs> <laughs> Not that we've given any spoilers other than the fact that it is a queer show and you could probably guess who the relationship there's, is. There's nothing really else to spoil other than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a good direction we're going in. It's aided by the streaming model. I'm definitely repeating myself. I guess I don't have anything more to say. <laughs> So with that, should we move on to the consumption corner? Sure. Because I personally am starved for content. I don't know about you, Sasha. Grr, that's my stomach growling. <laughs> Sound like Perry the platypus. <laughs> I I know you've probably been watching Loki. I only saw the first episode. I've been oh. a little I've been a little tied down with family matters i was not able to see um the last some family stuff did happen so that is understandable but you gotta watch it i will i will but i guess that kind of just leads me into i was really into the marvel mood and so right after loki or the episode or the new episode aired i watched i am groot the new season of that Oh, there's a new season of that? I thought yeah, it, okay. they just kind of shadow dropped it. I had no idea either. And it's relatively similar to the first one, if you've seen that. It's just five really short episodes. You could watch it in like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But Sasha, the fourth and fifth episode of season two are spectacular. Really? The fourth episode, Groot's just trying to get this space ice cream truck and hilarity ensues but the fifth episode blew my goddamn mind i'm not gonna say anything other than you gotta watch at least that one episode okay i (laughs) never expected i am groot and spectacular and blew my mind to all be in the same sentence so i will give that a watch i did watch (laughs) like two of the episodes of the first season of I Am Groot, and then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I know what this is. I don't need to watch the rest yeah. of them. But interesting. Yeah. It's I'll definitely it for kids. Yeah. But it's fun. 
Is he still a baby? Yeah. Okay. It's just his time period as baby Groot. Got it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been consuming lately? Um, I am on to the Titan's Curse in my PJO reread. Uh, objectively the best one. Uh, non-objectively, I can, I always try and figure out which is my favorite between Titan's Curse and Battle of the Labyrinth. And usually it boils down to whichever one I'm reading because <laughs> the Titan's Curse has a really, really good mystery going on in it and it's so compelling to read. But Battle of the Labyrinth has more Nico. It has Rachel Elizabeth Dare. It has lots of more Annabeth because Annabeth is mm. not in the Titan's Curse a lot. <laughs> uh. I was just going to say it's definitely Labyrinth because I still remember being like eight years old and reading when Annabeth like kisses Percy on the cheek in the lava or in the volcano. Yeah. And I was like, I was squealing like a little girl, yeah. just little eight-year-old me. <laughs> Well, you were, you were a little kid. You swim <laughs> like a little kid. You know, I, uh, I absolutely love that book. I remember I read that book in one day and that was the first book that I had ever read in one day when I was that a tracks. kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to read the fifth, which honestly, that one's probably my favorite. It's just pure action. It's really good, but it's not my Manhattan. favorite. I think just <sighs> because it's less of a quest and more of just like a, a no. long battle in the whole book. And I think that's why I do like it, because it's a long battle. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that would be a good episode. Just talk about the five books oh, it'll before happen. Percy Jackson comes out. Oh, it'll happen. Trust oh, me. <laughs> so excited for that. But um, I have been kind of slacking on my Chalice of the Gods and Percy Jackson reread, because I started reading something else entirely. Yeah, sorry, it's not, it's not all the young dudes. Oh, dang. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> although I have been reading that, but I I was given more time because sadly the movie was delayed, but I have been reading Dune, and it's been uh, good, okay. but what has been allowing me to get through it further, because I have been, I got the book, I've been reading a few chapters here and there, but the audiobook is what's helping me get through it really fast. And I just kind of want to talk about audiobooks for a second because oh, yeah. I never did it. But I mean, we're making a podcast. I'm sure both of us like listening to podcasts and I've done that for years. I've never listened to an audiobook before and it's amazing. I got to re recommend audiobooks. Yeah, just no, for I anything. love audiobooks. For me, it's really hard to listen to an audiobook as the first time I've read a book, but I use them all the time for like rereads. I've reread mm -hmm. re tons of books as audiobooks, and that's super fun. Um, and I like them a lot. And I uh, read The Lord of the Rings with an audiobook because it was very hard to read. <laughs> I cannot wait to get into Lord of the Rings next because I have tried to read that so many times. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to have Andy Serkis read it to Andy Serkis, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I read the Andy Serkis one. I listened to the Andy Serkis one. And it's so fun. And it's obviously very long, but yes, <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. So is, do you have anything else to talk um, about? Um, I am, I am starting, I'm, I just started my, uh, my Halloween rewatch of <laughs> Interview with a Vampire, which oh my goodness. 
Honestly, Everyone is that go out and watch Anne Rice's interview with the vampire because it's so good. The 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 show, the the new show, <laughs> not the movie. Uh, it's so incredibly good, and I love it. And I cannot wait for season two. Even though I'm very sad that they recast Bally, Bailey Bass because she had to be an Avatar. That was upsetting. Mm. Well, I have not seen this show, but I definitely want to. But I'm thinking next week would be a good episode for just things that we watch every Halloween or just good Halloween watches. Mm-hmm. Is that I, I have so many of those, a couple that I'm rewatching that we could talk about yes, then. Yes, absolutely. I love that. But but you should absolutely But Max, you should watch Interview with a Vampire. I, I've heard it's so good. It's incredible. But I do want to close out with some speculation for the video game Spider-Man 2. Mm -hmm. Because, Sasha, I am counting down the seconds oh, until know. this game comes out. I know. You've mentioned it oh. in the last four episodes we've done. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, well, I mean, we'll talk about it next week. And now it's just like, oh, it's coming out soon. I need to talk <laughs> about it. Because I'm so excited for this to be... One of the few good interpretations of the Venom storyline and Peter Parker getting a symbiote and getting angry and becoming a bully. Like, That's we've seen that been done very, very badly many times. What? You don't like Bully Maguire? <laughs> well, I don't hate it, to be honest. <laughs> it does make sense for the character, but, oh, it's awkward to see. So, Venom in this game, first off, is voiced by... I was about to say Tony Jaw, but it's Tony Todd, I think. But it's the voice of Candyman, if you've seen that. No. It, it, it's perfect. He's is a perfect voice, but the identity of Venom, I'm pretty sure in this version, like the more marketing and the more just stuff that I see about it, it, it I become more and more convinced that it's Harry Osborn who's going to be Venom. Ooh, okay. But... And this was something I was almost confident about a year ago or just months ago was Craven is going to be a massive villain in the game. And they're probably going to do Craven's last hunt, which is Spider-Man in the black suit is defeated by Craven and he's buried alive. And I'm pretty sure that's going to happen in the game. I'll have to mash X to get out of the grave and that'll <laughs> be fun. But I also think that Craven is going to get the symbiote and he's going to be Venom. That would be a good explanation for why Venom is just massive and stacked, where Harry As or Harry Osborn isn't really that big. That's <laughs> that's a lot of interesting speculation. That sounds very cool. <laughs> I have to say, I know absolutely nothing about this game. I've not seen any promotional material for it. Um, so I'm really just believing everything that you're telling me right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's all facts, what I'm saying. Yeah. No. I I just cannot wait for this game. So much fun. I'll probably talk about it next week because I will have played it. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> Do you know how long it's going to be? Uh, The game itself? Yeah. It'll probably be around like 20 hours of playtime. Dang. Play time. Dang. <laughs> all right. And That's I'll love commitment. every second of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But with that, this has been a queer baiting podcast. No, no.